You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered in iTunes and online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much again for tuning in today, and we've got a really cool episode, one that I really want to challenge a lot of people on, and this is the idea of risk management, and I want to do that by showing you some indisputable math behind optimal position sizing, things that I've talked about a lot. And we've kind of talked about position sizing here on the podcast a couple times, but today I really want to dig down deep into it. We do it on some of our free courses and in some webinars that we do, but I think it's worth going over again and again because there's a lot of logic behind my 1% to 5% rule that I have and that I've had for many, many years, and I want to get into that math here today. Now, before I even begin to go through this in detail, again, I just want to let you know that there'll be additional slides and videos and links in the show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show 47. That's just the number 47, optionalpha.com slash show 47. And I want to ask if you could please get on over to iTunes and write a review if this podcast has been helpful to you. In fact, when we released our podcast last week on trading taxes, we had almost 13,000 people download the episode in the first two days. And that's an incredible number. But to only have 95 five-star ratings in iTunes, I mean, come on. If you have been listening to this show and you think it's been helpful, take the five seconds to help us out and get on over to iTunes and leave us a review or rating. We're not like other companies out there. We don't have sponsors on our podcast. We don't do affiliate links. We don't do advertising on our website. It's all content for you. And one of the ways that you can give back to us and help us reach more people is by giving us a rating. So again, that's my plea today to get on over to iTunes, leave us a rating if you think that this show has been helpful. So let's get into talking about options trading risk management. Now, Here's the thing you have to know about this right off the bat is that I have been a big proponent of doing small position size trading for years. In fact, I'll link up one of our older blog posts that we wrote almost six years ago now in the show notes page. This was written before the likes of Tasty Trade and all these other companies that came around and talked about small position sizing. And sometimes it really frustrates me because I've been in this game for about eight years now online talking about what you need to know about position sizing and risk management and trading high probability, selling premium. And although we didn't have the budget that a you know couple billion dollar company might have, like a tasty tray with a couple million dollars to reach a larger audience, I've been talking about this stuff before they were around, before they even launched. I'm just using them as an example, but there's many other companies out there. And so I'll link up to one of the posts that we wrote almost six years ago now that talked about this 1% to 5% allocation per trade risk level size. So it's nothing new for me. And in fact, it's something that I've harped on for many years. And I just wanted to show you guys that that's the reality. So when we talk about position sizing and risk management, you have to realize that in all seriousness, the only thing you really control is the underlying that you trade, which strategy you choose, and how big your position size is. Now, we're not going to talk about the underlying and we're not going to talk about the strategy selection because we've talked about that on other shows and there's videos and training that we have on that. But when it comes down to position sizing, this is the number one thing that you have to do right if you want to be successful. If you screw this up, 
It doesn't matter how good you are or how good you think you are. The numbers are always going to catch up to you. And at the end of the day, you might end up blowing up your account. In fact, that's what a lot of people do. They come in and they say, Kirk, I traded too large. I didn't understand risk size and position sizing. And then they end up blowing up their account. I don't want that to happen. So my rule on position sizing is this. You should always be allocating each position or trade on a sliding scale between one and 5% of your account or equity size. So what does that mean? I often get questions like, I have $100,000 in equity, but I've got you know $200,000 of trading availability or of capital availability. And the reality is, is that we always base it on cash or equity. So real money, real numbers, not what you can borrow in margin. So if you have $100,000 account size, that means that 1% would be $1,000 of risk per trade. Now, what is risk, right? So that's the question that's naturally coming up after this. And risk, in the way that we define it, is your maximum loss potential on a credit spread, iron condor, or risk-defined trade. So if you do a, let's say, $5 wide credit spread, and you take in a dollar of credit, which is equivalent to $100 of notional value, that means you've got $400 of risk if that trade goes completely bad. So you could do at most maybe two of those credit spreads with a $100,000 account allocating 1%. If you are trading undefined risk trades, the key there is that you allocate at least up to that initial margin requirement. So now remember that we always suggest that you don't over allocate your account, right? That you keep some cash in reserve. We say anywhere between 40 and 50% of your account is in reserve. And that's because margin can expand as you start trading some of these short and naked premium options. If you are trading just spreads, of course, you can go maybe a little bit above that and keep less in cash reserve because your risk is defined on each trade entry, meaning you know exactly how much you're going to make or lose on a position. But if you're trading undefined risk trades or naked positions, again, we're going to use the initial margin requirement that your broker is going to charge you as your way to calculate risk. So if on initial strangle trade, the broker is charging you or holding in margin $1,000, well, that's what we're going to use as our basis for how much we're going to risk in our account. Okay. Now, the reason I say that it can be on a sliding scale between one and 5% is because I do believe that you should allocate more towards the higher probability setups, right? I mean, this is just a game of numbers and math. And when we have a trade or a setup like we recently had in gold and silver that we've done a really good job trading, you have to allocate a little bit more money to that. So does that mean that we'll always get up towards the 5% allocation? Maybe not, but that means that we'll start gradually moving from one and two up to three and four, et cetera. So that we start allocating a little bit more money towards those higher probability steps that we know we have a better edge in long-term. That also means that if you're trading something in a low volatility environment, like right now, and we're going to talk about in a closing bell trade uh, with a calendar spread, when you're trading something in a low volatility environment like this, you have to be allocating towards the bottom end of this one to 5% range. And it's not that you can you know, do the 5% if you think it's a really good trade. I kind of think that this is really like a hard line in the sand that we know we don't have an edge buying options long-term. That's never been our edge. So why would we allocate a lot of money towards those positions? If we're going to use an option buying strategy to either stay active or to make a small bet, let's make a small bet. Let's allocate 1% or less 
to that type of trade. And I think that's just smart money management when you get down to it at the end of the day. So there it is. Your 1% to 5% sliding scale is really what you should be basing trades on. Now, what I want to get to next is the reasoning behind this 1% to 5% scale because I didn't arbitrarily just pull this out of my ASS, right? So most people think, oh, well, Kirk, it's just 1% to 5%. That sounds really cool. No, there's a reason that I've always said this for six plus years now that I've always said 1% to 5% is where you need to be. And that's because when you trade high probability positions like we do here at Option Alpha, your risk of blowing up your account is infinitely small, your risk of blowing up your account, if you stay under this 5% threshold per trade and you trade with a high probability of success. So how do we know this? Well, we can calculate the odds or probability of seeing consecutive losers at any level of success, probability of success. This is going to be a chart that we throw up in the show notes page. You can take a look at it or we'll have the video posted with some slides. You can go through it there either way. But the idea here is that if you are trading at the 50% probability level, meaning that this is really where stock traders trade, right? They buy stock or they sell stock. That's the 50% probability of success level. Your likelihood or the odds of seeing one losing trade is one in two. Now, look, that makes complete sense, right? And so I'm starting here with a very basic description so you can understand where we're going to. But if you trade at the 50% level, your odds of seeing a one or one loser in a row or consecutive loser is one in two because you're trading at 50%. The odds of seeing two consecutive losers right in a row, so one losing trade right after the no- another, is one in four. So now think about this. When you're trading stock or when you used to trade stock or anybody who trades stock, when you make directional bets like this, you're trading with 50-50 odds. You don't know if you're going to be right or not. You may think you're going to be right. You may try to use some technical analysis, some fundamental analysis, chart patterns, whatever, but you don't know if you're going to be right or not. So the odds of seeing two consecutive losers is one in four. Now imagine the person who is allocating 10 or 20% of their account towards this type of position. Now they could very easily see themselves losing 10 or 20 or 30% of their account overnight in the snap of a finger, right? And that's, it has nothing to do with them being necessarily a bad trader. It's just that they didn't allocate appropriately for the probability of success that they had. Now, if you're trading at that 50% level, and again, I'm just going down the chart that you'll see here on the show notes page, but just follow me along if you're listening in your car or running or whatever the case is. If you trade at the 50% probability level, the odds of seeing 20 trades losing in a row is 1 in 10.4 million. So obviously, if you keep trading here, you're just going to see this reoccurring theme of you're going to have a winner and then a loser and then a winner and then a loser, winner, then a loser, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So even if you allocate 5% of your account to each individual trade and you have a totally allocated portfolio. So follow me on this. If you allocate 5% of your account to each trade, that would mean that you at most could have 20 positions in your portfolio at any one time. So 20 positions in your portfolio at any one time, 5% in each position that you trade, that means that your risk of blowing up your account, assuming that you're trading kind of non-directional here, is 1 in 10.4 million. Now that's still pretty good, right? But we see a lot of traders that end up blowing up their accounts because they trade everything in one direction, right? And they're not trading at a high probability level of success. Now here's where things get really, really interesting. If you move up your probability of success level, meaning you start using option selling strategies, 
like what we teach credit spreads and iron condors and strangles and straddles, and you start targeting the 70% probability of success level, then your odds of seeing two losing trades in a row is one and 11. Now, it's still not great, obviously, but it's much better than one in four, meaning one out of every 11 times that you go through this scenario, you're going to see two losers in a row. Now, that's pretty good, you know, considering the relationship between the 50% level, which was one in four. Now, here's where the math gets insanely interesting, in my opinion, because we target the 70% chance of success level. That's where almost all the strategies that we build out are based off of, is trying to figure out how we can build a strategy that wins 70% of the time. Now, the probability of seeing 20 consecutive losing trades in a row, if you're targeting the 70% chance of success level, is 1 in 28 trillion. Yes, that is trillion with a T. 1 in 28 trillion are your odds of seeing 20 losing trades in a row if you trade high probability and if you allocate just 5% of your account towards each trade. That means that you could effectively say if you're completely allocated at the max end of our range and are still trading at the 70% chance of success level, the likelihood of blowing up your account is 1 in 28 trillion, almost non-existent. That's why this is, to me, indisputable evidence that the only thing that can really hurt you in trading is over-allocating, or one of the biggest things that can hurt you is over-allocating your position. Now, again, this is why I have the 1% to 5% sliding scale, because I'm concerned about the far end of the spectrum of seeing 20 consecutive losing trades in a row. And even if I saw 20 consecutive losing trades in a row, hopefully I'm not allocating my entire account, because I don't. But even if you did, there's a low likelihood that you're going to blow up your account and see all of those trades turn out to be losers and lose all 5% allocated in each position, right? It's almost non-existent. So that's the point I wanted to make here is that there's a reason behind this 1% to 5% sliding scale. Now, I'll tell you this, that a lot of other companies out there, including very big companies, major trading companies, have publicly said that they suggest people allocate up to 10 or 15% of their account per trade. And I totally, 100%, every bone in my body disagree with that because I think that leads you down the path to assuming that when you see a really good trade, you should really pile money into it. I think you should allocate a little bit more money to a good trade or a good setup, but in no way, shape, or form do I think you should be piling money into this because the numbers just don't suggest that that's a smart thing to do. The odds of seeing consecutive losers up at that point are starting to get towards something that is not that favorable for a long-term investor like myself. So hopefully this little exercise has been really helpful in understanding, again, how these probabilities work and how this kind of allocation system really can benefit you. And it should give you a little bit of confidence in knowing, hey, look, even if I allocate towards the top end of the spectrum, as long as I keep a little bit of cash, I'm not really going to put myself at risk of blowing up my account. So now you can focus on the things you know that really help you out, like selling high implied volatility premium, keeping your portfolio balanced, right? All of these ancillary things that kind of layer on top of this. But in my opinion, this is the foundation of what we need to do is, you know, keep a lot of these trades going at one time, allocate a small amount of money to each position, and then realize that the odds of seeing our account blow up is almost an infinite amount of possibility. Like it's, it's non-existent that it would actually happen probably in our lifetime. 
So hopefully this podcast has been really helpful in understanding that. I know this is a hard topic to understand. I get that. And I'm not shying away from that. It's definitely something that's hard to describe in audio format like this. So I encourage you to head on over back to the show notes page, optionalpha.com slash show 47. Like I said, you can see the slides and keynote and another video tutorial on how to use this in your trading, I think, which would be really, really helpful. Again, another key thing that we like to talk about all the time is the fact that we always like to keep anywhere between 40 and 50% of our account in cash or dry powder, as we call it, because you just don't know what's going to happen in the market. You want to always have you know ample room and cash for margin to expand and to enter into new trades. So I think that that's a good risk management principle to apply. And yes, it's tough, but that doesn't mean that you can't make money. We talk about in one of the video tutorials, I'll link up here in the show notes, how you can make money allocating a small percentage of your account and how that can actually turn into a very decent return on the whole account, even if you have a lot of cash just kind of sitting on the sidelines and not invested in trading. I don't think, and it's not even possible because we show you the math, you don't need to be allocating 100% of your account to make 15% return per year. You can allocate as little as 10% of your account and still make 15% overall on your portfolio each year. So there's more in that in the video tutorial that we'll link up here on the podcast uh, show notes page, again, optionalpha.com. So let's get into the closing bell segment here and take a look at a new trade that we're gonna be entering on a calendar spread given the low volatility. Now. The Closing Bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so today I want to look at entering a new low volatility type trade. And the reason that we're entering this low volatility trade is because right now at the time that we're recording this, there's just not a lot of volatility in the market. In fact, I think our watch list, which we publish for everybody who gets access to it is has maybe four or five different stocks out of 80 plus that have implied volatility over the 50th rank, meaning that a lot of the market right now is seeing very, very low implied volatility. So we want to keep our allocations extremely small, like we talked about earlier in this episode, and we want to try and take advantage of maybe a rise in implied volatility that might happen in the future. One of the best ways that we can do that and take advantage of that is by trading a calendar spread. So the stock that we're going to look at here today is SMH, and this is the semiconductor ETF and very liquid ETF. It's got good open interest and volume and has recently run up from around 51 up to about 56 in the last week or so. So it's had actually a pretty good run higher and it's kind of extending its move. We think using some of the technical analysis indicators that we found to be useful as part of our signals research that it's going to reach kind of like the upper end of its range here very soon. So it's starting to get a little overextended to the top side. It's starting to get a little bit overbought. And again, doesn't mean that's going to reverse. It just means that maybe the magnitude or the velocity at which it's rising is going to slow down. So that's what we're going to play here with a calendar spread. Now, the reason that we're doing the calendar spread is because implied volatility on SMH right now is in the fourth rank. Yes, four, which means that it's about as low as it's been in the last year. And so that gives us at least good hope that maybe volatility expands at some point between now and when the front month expiration is. So if it does expand, that's going to help out our calendar dramatically. Calendar spreads absolutely profit from a rise in implied volatility, regardless of the stock move. 
So any rise in volatility, and again, we're buying in here at the four rank. So about as low as we can buy in option pricing wise, gives us a lot of upside potential here with this calendar spread. Now, again, like I said, the stock right now is trading about $56. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to buy the June-July calendar spread on the call side. So specifically, we're going to look at getting into the 57, uh, we'll get it, yeah, the 57 June-July call calendar spread. That means that what we're doing here is we're selling the front month options, which are June, for the 57 strike. And then we're going out to July and buying the 57 strike in July. So notice we're only trying to take advantage of the disparity in potential pricing between June and July. We're using the same strike price at 57, which is just a dollar above where the stock is right now. And we're selling the front month contracts, which are the Junes, buying the back month contracts, which are July. At the time that we're doing this video, the June contracts have about 23 days to go until expiration. The July contracts have about 51 days to go until expiration. So for our purposes, we always will look to close out of this trade at the front month expiration if possible, which is June. So it's about a 23-day trade if we hold it all the way until June expiration. Now, why are we doing the call side versus the put side? Just because we think, look, if this stock has made such a big run higher and we're starting to see some of these technical indicators that say it might you know, slow down, it doesn't mean it's going to reverse. So we're going to play a little bit of a fade higher. So a little bit of a move higher in the stock, maybe a dollar or two. And if it does move up to around 57, which is about a dollar move higher from where it is today, then that will actually be kind of like the optimal point for us in the future. Now, this calendar spread at the 57 strike only costs us $50 per calendar. So even if you have a small account, an IRA account, this is a very simple, easy trade you can make. Potential reward here is about $60, $70 if it lands right at 57, and that's not including any expansion and volatility. So if volatility expands, we could potentially end up making you know, maybe $100, $200 on this trade depending on where volatility goes. So this is a very low volatility trade that you can make. Again, taking advantage of that high potential move in volatility from the low rank that it's at right now, and we are allocating a very small amount to this trade. So we might do four or five contracts here, so a couple hundred dollars of risk, well, well, well under 1% of our account balance. But it's just mainly to keep ourselves active here and engaged in the market as we you know, wait for these higher implied volatility setups, which are eventually going to come. You know, They're going to come one day, and we'll have enough capital to then allocate a little bit more money towards these trades in the future. But for right now, maybe we'll do a couple contracts here in SMH and try to get filled here at 50. I think that that's a pretty easy fill price to get, you know, buy these in for $50 a piece. And again, very low notional risk in this trade for definitely for a beginner or somebody new uh, getting into options trading. It's a very simple trade and very easy way to play rising volatility. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. And as always, you can get the additional resources, links, and videos that we mentioned in the show 
by going to optionalpha.com slash show 47. That's just the number 47, optionalpha.com slash show 47. And of course, if you like the show, please head on over to iTunes, give us a rating or a review. It's honestly the best way to get the show into the hands of those who need it most, and I would be extremely grateful. Until next time, happy trading.